Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network! <laughs> wow. I'm Joe Rutten, host of Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. And I'm Father Paul. And I'm Father John. And we are Rutten Radio. We're brothers journeying through life and commenting on movies that provoke us to think, laugh, and pray. From cult classics to classics of faith, we hope you also find the movies we watch make you grow. Speaking of growing, what do you brothers think of my beard? Nah, it's right on the verge. It's getting there. It's right on the verge. Well, that's a good question, but welcome to our listeners from coast to coast. <laughs> yes. uh, here we are on Rutten Radio. Yeah. Last month, I didn't really bring the juice. No, I didn't people, feel people like... People were sad. Yeah. Pizazz, I know. People were sad. They were like, <laughs> I'm back, folks. I'm back. Yep. So anyways, here we are, brothers. How's the, the month been going? How was November? Here we are. We're kicking into December, December and rocking and rolling. So how have you guys been? Fast. Fast? What's fast? Just everything. Life is, is it, fast. Is life... Like a six-year-old with a new pair of tennis shoes? Fast. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent just got a new pair uh, of shoes. Nikki got a new pair. And they're they fast. literally, oh, yeah. They just want to run. It is so funny to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> then he slides. So anyway, uh, life's fast. Yep. Does uh, Nicholas still wear his tennis shoes with socks that don't match and shorts that are a different color and a, with no shirt? The newest thing is a Vikings jersey that doesn't no. fit. It's, way, like, it's like a nightgown. You oh, know, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> Does he wear and he it? wants to wear it everywhere. Yeah. So even to church. <laughs> Father Paul. Yeah, it's, uh, it does. It seems like every time I turn around, we're getting ready for the show. Uh, Advent is upon us, uh, you know, and as much as it's supposed to be a time of preparing and just slowing down, it's still a lot going on. Uh, but there's a lot of good things going on just in the parish too as well. So that's always exciting when you can just sort of see some fruits of different things and whatnot. So yourself standing. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, really blessed. I have like a great life, you know, I'm just Every lot of days, not all days, but I'm just like, man, I'm really blessed. Uh, I get to impact a lot of people and specifically my wife and children. So my kids are at a cool age where they're, it's just been a lot of fun. Love being a dad and a husband. So, yep, things are great. I'm always like one step from losing my mind though. So, oh, you know, like, <laughs> hey, you're not losing your mind though right there. What's that all about? Oh, this I would know. be... If For all of organized. those that are listening, you can't see. He's Joe has a binder with the whole outline of our show today. Yes. Amazing. What? Where's your laptop or what's going on or what are you doing? Well, what's, uh... I am now officially an MC. I oh. MC'd an event and I was like, well, I should have an, a binder like <laughs> that make this official, right? So I put together a binder and that's the same binder. I thought, well, I'll put my rotten radio script in the binder and we'll be all professional all right. Very good. I, it's it is what it is so yep. with that movie of the month as we kick off here at rutten radio we uh do the first half hour a movie of the month father paul would you introduce our listening audience to the m-o-t-m yes yeah it's a wonderful life this is probably one of those ones that doesn't need an introduction uh, or if it does, uh, I'm not sure where you've been. Uh, anyways, an angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Content warnings. No content warnings, except it's really interesting to watch a movie that has old courtship in it or yeah. old love scenes or... Yeah. Uh, how did they everything. express passion back in the or, day? Or, or some of the things that they got away with doing. Yes. There was a spanking of the yeah, family yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. by well, a guy on a girl yeah. that a today would not go fly. over. Yeah. yeah. No, so it, it, was, was, it was interesting. There's. Yeah. So no major content no. warnings. Father no. Paul, kick it off. What'd you think? Initial Yeah. Thoughts. You know, it, it is it is a classic uh, movie. I think it helps you sort of enter back into the spirit of Christmas and but I think more importantly than that, it is a movie that tries to help you put life into perspective. Uh, just how easy it is to find characters that we can relate to in the movie 
how often it's important for us to step back and really look at life and what really is important and where are we going. So, Sandy, Father John? Yeah, I thought that it was good to be surprised. Oh, surprised. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I... Has it been a while since you watched it? It's possible that I've never seen it. <laughs> what? Uh, hello? You mean you mean like you've only caught parts of it? Or no, you've never um, seen it. It's um, possible I've never uh, seen this movie. Yes, if you're listening and you're driving, <laughs> I understand you just had to pull over and you're not quite sure what to make of this. What do you Father mean? John is proposing that he may have never seen It's a Wonderful Life before. I'm wow. speechless. Yeah. I've seen Miracle on 34th Street. Yep. That's <laughs> good, know? but that's not the movie we watch. No. no. Wow. But well, I, it, let's, I mean, let's, okay, 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 so then let's, let's go so with this direction. Feeling, did you have the feeling that you had seen it? Like no, before that's watching the it. whole thing. Oh, I, wow. I never. Oh, yeah. Before watching it, I thought I had seen it. Right, but as I was watching it, about... I was surprised at the story, at the arc oh. that of what it was doing. And I'm like, this is an amazing story. Okay. This yeah. is an amazing story. Uh, and and so I'm really grateful for, to have this experience of having watched it and not been like, oh, I know what's going to happen. No, it was like, oh, yeah. now I probably watched it. I know I watched it because we all laid in the living room with the pillow behind our head and the blanket over our but body on the floor. You didn't. But I probably fell asleep after five minutes or something. So uh, it's uh, very possible. Yeah, that, yeah, it was really. I mean, it's it's a super profound. This is great consideration I'm, because I'm looking at Joe's notes. I can't wait. Joe, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> Humbug. <laughs> I'm like, I'm John. I'm picking up on what? your anti-sentimentality. I'm like, I'm I'm frustrated as I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, this movie's terrible. What? <laughs> I cannot believe this. Oh, I used to love it. I used to be so sentimental and love this movie. I think it was greatest in top five Christmas movies of all time. And every year I used to watch that. I used to watch this movie every year. I'm watching this thing for this. this, And I'm thinking, God, this thing is slow. Would this thing get to the point? Like, where, when is the, what is the point? <laughs> All of it. Humbug. That's interesting. Yes, wait till you see my ranking. Yeah, wow. What? Great. Uh, so, well, that's we'll get into it. So we'll get into it. We not All right, Paul, what are you <laughs> Not only did we not know that you never saw it, John. We never saw it. We didn't realize that, Joe. So real quick, I mean, aside thing, one of the funniest things in Friends, did you ever watch Friends? Yeah. Yeah. Phoebe had never, her mom would re, like keep like sad parts of movies from her. Oh yeah. So she had never seen the end of Old Yeller. And so she's watching and she's like, what is this part? She's like, Billy, Billy what are you? Oh, so like she's scarred. And so she's watching all these movies she's never seen the ends of. And she's watching It's a Wonderful Life. And she they said, Oh, wasn't it so great? She's like, No, I had to turn it off. It was too depressing. So, so then she never got to see, see the, end. the end. Wow. And you have to stay for the end. Otherwise, the whole movie falls yes. flat. Anyways. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, the movie, I think one of the, the big themes through it all is this constant challenge of life getting in the way of my plans. You know, you see throughout all of this, George Bailey has plans, and always something comes up, and it, it sidetracks his plans. And I kept asking myself the question, when do you just say, no, I'm just going to do whatever I want? Mm -hmm. uh, and when do you say, maybe my plans aren't, as important as I think, and what really is important is that I would do for the other what is needed at this moment. I think that there's there's a lot there that just seems like it's it's ingrained in our society at least that we're supposed to be planning our future, and that we're supposed to have this map of success and growth and stages and development and what you know whatever it is. And I see that in George, right? That like George Bailey is, but he also has a values set that says he's not going to chase greed. He's not going to chase money the way that Potter does. Um, but yet he's still manipulating. He's still trying to manipulate and control his life like Potter does. Like he's still trying to make it, you know, and it just is not working out for him. But again, the question you have to ask is he has a desire. And mm -hmm. so what is this? Like, 
It's a clear desire to travel, a clear desire to yes. build, a clear desire, and it keeps getting squashed yep. by the circumstances. Uh, all the while, Harry is off doing everything that he wants to do. Yep. Right. And, and so I didn't put Harry on this that. real right. this real thing of you know, and then the yeehaw, yeehaw, you know, his friend who's off doing the same thing. Right. Like everyone else gets to go off, and so why is his desires not fulfilled in the way? That he sees. What do you think? I What's, I agree with you. So 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 that we can be very clear about this. If you haven't watched the movie, obviously, well, everybody but Father John Rutten has watched yes. the movie. So <laughs> like you know that from a very young age, he wanted to be an engineer and he wanted to build buildings and he wanted to travel the world, but his dad wanted him to take over the savings and loan. And his desire was squashed. The minute I saw that exchange at that table, I thought, what? No, don't do it. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. Remember, I'm just watching this. So I'm like, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Don't do it. Your desire is important, right? right? And that's what you're saying is right. your desire is important. And the circumstances, it appears like the circumstances are telling him, nope, you got to stay at the bank. Nope. But who's to say the circumstances aren't his desire? The circumstances of the desire that awake me, I got to follow this and I got to see. Now, maybe he could have come back to that town and answered the desire that the dad had, but in a different way. And then he would have been there having followed through his desires and ended up back there. So he could have went off to college. He could have uh, studied everything. He could have had his first job and realized how disappointing his first job was and thought, I want to go back and help dad. And then he would have been there through his desire, not as opposed to, nope, I should stay here. So do you I think it was bad here. that he didn't follow his desire? Well, so this is the thing that I'm right. I'm like stuck because I also realize something beautiful happened to him and I'm not proposing everybody just do what you want. Right. I realize like there are circumstances Which is the and other you have spectrum. to be- Yeah, so it's like there's a pendulum that I just wish would swing a little bit in Bailey's favor- or not yeah. George, George's, George's yep. favor, yeah. but it is, it is every person who stays present generates. Yep. If you don't, because it wasn't, and also in the movie, it wasn't like small things. I mean, his dad dies. Uh, you know, the, the stock market crashes. Sure. Like major things are causing some of his having to stay uh, or make such a drastic decision as well. Uh, and that ability to have to be able to kind of mm -hmm. like, uh, how does this work? And it, his dad really did have a plan where he thought he could let George go. Yeah. You know, there the plan really was there that, you know, if you could give me this many years, then I can see it working. But then his dad, you know. Yeah. But, but you're right. This real challenge. What do we do when the circumstances around us aren't opening up to what we want? I mean, the poor guy couldn't even go on his honeymoon. Yeah. You know, and that's not uncommon maybe for a culture um at for sure in our grandparents' time, which is when the movie is set. But for today's day and age, that's very countercultural. That somebody would be expected to make to, that right. sacrifice. Yeah. To yeah. us today is like almost revulsive right. to modernity, but to our grandparents' generation, that was how it actually worked. Well, that was virtue. Yeah. Especially that, the oldest son. The oldest yeah. son was to take over. Yeah. Like the and, oldest and son so was expected to do You know, there's things. a little bit of that yeah. in there that says maybe that's your pendulum, John, that you're yeah. saying, all right, now we've fully swung to the to the rugged individual that gets to do it their way and go on their own and carve their own path to saying maybe that pendulum could swing back to saying the human person, people have responsibility as well to community, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. family, to neighbor, to 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 city, to church. And that maybe before we do make our decisions about adventure, that we have to prudently pray and reflect upon our responsibility to the thing that we're leaving behind. And is it God's will? I think ultimately is the question I'd be asking myself, is it God's will? Um, but I remember my wife before, before we met, she was going to go to New York. Um, so before we got married, after we had met, we'd been dating, we'd talked about marriage and she's like, I I want to go to New York for a while. And I'm like, oh. I mean, I right now, even now, it just put a pit in my stomach. <laughs> like, if you go to New York for a year, that's you're not going to New York for a year. 
you're moving to New York. You think right now you might come back in a year, but you go to New York and we're off probably. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness. And she never went. And then we got married and stayed and had a family. Mm -hmm. and have you ever talked and... to her about it? <laughs> I don't know that we have. So Laura, Be Beth... because I think this is the thing though in the movie that uh, I found also the question I kept asking is, did he really work through all of these disappointments? You know, so has Laura really worked through it to be able to, in her mind, say, "While well, I desired to go to New York, I know that the decision I made really worked out for the best." Because we sort of see it all come crashing down. Uh, when they've lost the money, everything's falling apart. He comes home, the girl's playing that song, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, and the kids like bugging him, and like, and it, and it just all yeah, he does. comes These to a kids, head. These kids, yeah, he, and yep. and you could see that he hadn't really come to a place of acceptance, or a place in which he had realized that he did make a choice, right? And these are the consequences, and these are the things that he lost, and it was like he was having to experience. Because you have to, you can't mm -hmm. not. Yeah, his mind and heart had not been transformed right, into acceptance of yeah. that reality. Maybe this is the difficulty is it's not, I'm not bothered by the fact that he didn't get his desire followed. I'm bothered by the fact that he never purified his desire to sure. accept the circumstances. Right. And I sort of wanted to say, if you're not going to accept the circumstances, you're better off going. Right, right, and then right, when you right, come right. back or however you end up back, you'll be there. But I think that maybe yep, is yep. My, what the tension yeah. I felt. Yeah, yeah, because he he made a choice, but in a sense, he didn't feel like he got to make a choice. He didn't have freedom. And he didn't so feel yet. Freedom. He had to come through and figure that, and it was like very evident, right? You know? uh, <laughs> yeah, and it led him to really bad decisions after that one too. Well, the thing that when you mentioned that, the thing that immediately spoke to me was selfishness. And and maybe it's because in my heart, I always want to be the one that can be, can, has freedom to go do what they want and when they want. I watch Father John when he takes a vacation. He just gets to be like, well, if I'm going to, if I got four days off, I can do whatever I want. Or you, right? You can sure. like, you guys get to do, it's like, you don't have to discuss with a spouse or think about packing up kids or right. how do you work around other family responsibilities? You guys just get to get up and go. It's like, there's a little bit of that selfishness that says, well, I wish I could. Right. And then I stop and I think about, well, wait a minute here. I don't know that that would be good for me necessarily, but that marriage is good for me. Responsibility to others, mm. to community is what gives me an opportunity to say no to selfishness and to say yes to charity, to say mm -hmm. yes to giving, to say yes to uh, to responsibility, and that's what's transformed me. Is that ability? If I if I didn't have my wife, I wouldn't have that opportunity. I'd still be selfish. I'd still be right. able to when I have my time to go do what I want when I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm selfish by nature. I don't need any encouragement, <laughs> you know? And so for me, marriage has been great. Mm -hmm. And when he, he resents his kids for that moment that you're talking about Paul and his wife and all of that, and it's like, Oh, right. If I'm not careful, I don't have to lose my ideal reality of what I wanted in life. I can have small little resentments right. in my life that I have that I kind of look at and make me resent my wife or, or my yep. children or something. Um, and for me, that's what I took away when you said that is selfishness. How can I combat my selfishness? My marriage is the best way right. that I do that. But do we understand that? Because don't you, wouldn't you say that many people see marriage not as that, the cure to my selfishness, but the answer to my selfishness. And this is why like the perfect person who makes me feel these great things and oh, they, you know, all, all, which is okay. I mean, those are all good things to have your spouse, but if I don't understand that the actual other part of this is they're there to actually rub the, yes. the rough edges. Uh, but again, I, I tell people often now in confession, uh, grace, like mm. marriage needs grace. Like it's not just Joe, try to be less selfish. It's like, no, Joe, you need grace. Yes. And 100%. your your family brings out this moment where without God's grace, because again, we see it with George. He he admits he's not a praying person. Yep. You know, uh, he he admits that that's not really. And then when he does say the prayer, he gets punched in the face, right? <laughs> like, how great is that? Like, how, and how many people have experienced yeah. that? 
The moment he prays, the moment he's like, God, just help me. Bam! Boom. Right in the face. Right in the kisser. He gets punched. And he's like, well, what good did that do? But again, how but many people— But then on the other side of the bridge is the answer it to is. his prayer. But how many people stop with the yeah. punch right. and say, well, what good did that do? Yeah. Right. I've got my students reading an article by Jordan Peterson where he talks about, before you criticize the world, get your house in order. Mm-hmm. And it's a chapter from his 12 lessons on 12 rules of life. And it's it's that point right there that uh, that he makes as well. Grace. That we might have to come back to. I think that uh, um, I had some I had some real wonderful, insightful thought from you, Father Paul, that I just blanked well, on. So. The other thing, though, I think that was important uh, was how Clarence saves him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like very... Clarence knows George Bailey. This is not a sentimental movie. Okay. Back to you, Paul. <laughs> right. No, I said it. This is George. Like, right? So so Clarence knows that George's instinct is to help people. Mm. So instead of telling George, don't jump, Clarence puts himself in a position in which George instantly sees somebody in need. And he stops thinking about everything, and he just jumps right into the river. Not to take his life, but to, to save, save somebody else. else. Yes. But it, but it needed to be put in that way. You couldn't have talked him out of it. Right? Yep. And God knows our particular ways. He yeah. knows us. So yeah. he comes to us right in who we are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was classic. So awesome. I yeah, mean, I and then the he angel. kept repeating it over and over again. He'd be like, no, I saved you. But right, right. you know, I they you. kept doing it a couple times. No, I saved you. No, I saved you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my favorite part of the movie is the angel. And Clarence is the guardian angel. Clarence. Yeah. And even at the beginning, when Clarence gets selected, <laughs> they're like, you know, I forget exactly like if it's God sorting through the angels or whatever it is. Uh, but he's like, no, no, we don't need an intelligent one. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you know, and so then Clarence gets selected. He's like, no, we, we need somebody with faith. You know, it's like, oh, well, what is it that that George lacks? Right. right. He lacks faith. And, yeah. and so Clarence comes along to it. So it's a response to what George needs, even though George doesn't realize um, that he needs it. So, yeah. Here's a cheers this, to Clarence. This is an interesting dynamic of the movie is you see what it is to have a culture imbued with Christianity because this movie is filled with Christianity. Uh, it's not, there's no other religious influence here. There's not, this is like a Christian movie. You even see it in the name, you know, they call him Mr. Potter. Well, if you know anything about Potter's Field and right. and the disposal and of it, the the uh, children and fed to the you know outside mm-hmm. of Jerusalem. If you look up Potter's Field, if you're listening, you'll understand. Like his name is not an accident. And in the same way here, uh, when uh, um, when he's talking about no, not the not not we don't need a smart one. You know, I mean, this is like totally like like a little child. Right. You get to the kingdom of heaven like a little child. Yeah. Uh, now there was a little promotional, but what was the movie that was playing? The Bells of St. Mary. That's right. Yes. Now, it's the movie that James, I mean, they're in the movie, the next movie, but, but again, in the town, what movie are they showing? Yeah. The Bells mm-hmm. of St. Mary. Like, again, it's Christianity just run them right. off. So uh, it's just interesting to see how a normal movie, you know, a culture puts out things that then help you live that way. I mean, how many people need the modern version? We need to like make this movie again. But what if we no longer live in Christendom? But could, but, but what would it but look I like? Think, but I think the primary principles of the story could still be get a, gotten across. <laughs> right, but I think that you would have a lot would of- Would it be Die Hard? <laughs> just kidding. I, like, I think that if you would get a modern version of it, I don't think you would get the modern version that- no, I don't know that our culture would no, give us. No, we can version. make it. We should make a new movie, the modern acceptable <laughs> version David of Fisher, of and... helping people realize or... their life has purpose. purpose. Right. And what would it look like if you didn't exist? Uh, you think sure. because how many of us are living in a story of expectation, what other people think, whatever, and we don't have any idea. This is a beautiful part about being a priest is you get to walk with so many people at the end of their lives and you hear the stories after people have passed away of what this person meant to them. 
Yeah. It's amazing. This We're going to have to take this one straight into the second half hour. <laughs> For being a curmudgeon and a, a, a Scrooge on this movie, I didn't expect to get into like wanting to say so much about it. <laughs> so we're kind of winding down the first half out, uh, hour here uh, for our listeners. If you're following us, uh, you can always follow us on, on your iPod, uh, your, your apps, um, Re- uh, Real Presence Radio, or on Facebook. You can interact with us. It's been a fascinating conversation this morning, brothers, as we talk about uh, It's a Wonderful Life. As we enter this Advent season, we prepare for Christmas, um, and we take it some look at some of these nostalgic movies. Yeah. Well, and it's also important to know the reason why this became so famous. It was free to show. It didn't have a copyright on it. Oh, really? And so all networks could show it without paying anything to show the movie because it was a kind of a flop when it came out. Hmm. Like people said when it came out, it was fine. Maybe like you thought, right. a little slow, whatever. But it was the fact that everyone saw it every year because NBC could play it for free. They didn't cost them anything. They didn't have to pay anybody to, to play the movie. So this ability to have the movie over and over and over again has sort of created this culture of of this idea. So, but Very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up the first half hour, any final thought or comment, Father John, that you, you have on uh, our first half hour here? Um, the, the dynamic of temperament and desire, you know, is always, we sort of, each one is given a temperament and it's easy for us to want other people to have the same things we desire. Yeah. But well, from that, uh, let's take it for what it is. It is certainly a classic. Yeah. And oh with gosh, that, yeah. we'll take a short break as you are listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll have our faith and culture segment as we dive deeper into the themes and insights from our movie of the month. It's a wonderful life and discuss how these themes apply to the reality of our own lives. So with that, we'll catch you on the flip side as we take a minute and you hear from our sponsors. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, including Rutten Radio. You can catch us on Facebook or your apps. And if you're out there listening live, um, don't interact with us right now as you're driving on Facebook. But if you're at home, give us a shout out. Let us know you're listening. Give us a shout out with where you're listening from. That would be great. All right. There it is. That's our new thing. Mm. Put on our Facebook Rutten Radio app this this (laughs) month. Where are you listening from? Is there any Austin, Minnesota, Austin, Texas, China? Who knows? Let's find out. So with that, we were reviewing the movie of the month. It's a Wonderful Life, which Father Paul and I are blown away by the fact that our brother, Father John, watched it for the first time in 2022 at the age of... 44. Father John, 44. You're getting old. I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> I told my wife, all right, I'm a, John and I are twins, if you're not aware of that. I, I feel old. 44. Like When it, I say 44, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. 44 is kind of old. I didn't feel that way at 43. Mm. But when I say 44, I think, oh, you double that and it's 88. That's old. I'm old. I don't know. Well, you get old when you start uh, talking to priests and they're 26. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And you've been at this for 20 years. Because you live in Sioux Falls. How long have you been a priest, Father Paul? It'll be 20 years this summer. 20 years, Father John? 19, 20. It'll be 10. I mean, 9 and 10. It'll be 10. Yeah. 10 years. We're 10 years apart. 20 and 10. Fantastic. And I've been married for 13. All right. Shout outs. A little right. shout out time. Yep. Who's been running around in your neighborhood and in your head that you're like, I need to give a shout out to? So mine is going to be Will Heineman. He Will stopped Heineman. me one day after mass and he was talking about the show. He listens to the show. Oh, Will, Will you Heineman. mean Mike's and Susie's yeah. son? Oldest son, Will. Will oh, wow. Yep, so I told him I'd give him a shout out. So there you What's go, What's up, Will? Wow, go great. Irish. If you're a Heineman, you ought to be a Notre Dame fan. You better be. Go Irish. So that's mine. Father John? I'm giving a shout out to the Merrick family. Shelly, our sister, and her husband, Pat, and Zach, and Josh, oh, yeah. and Caleb, and Andrew, and Teresa, and Elijah. Um, they're awesome fans of the show. 
and uh, I was just with them the other day and they were talking about when they listen. And uh, I think Josh even said he listens to it twice. Oh, yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah, listens to it twice. I thought, my gosh, you guys are really like committed to this. (laughs) (laughs) So God bless the Merricks. Uh, Grateful for uh, their awesome faith. Oh. Might have to. Yeah. Well, I'll give a shout out to... I don't know. David Fisher. So I've got an old seminary friend. You guys mentioned a movie or something, or we should make a new version of It's a Wonderful Life. And I thought, David Fisher, he's an old seminary buddy, but he's out there making movies and stuff, oh, doing all kinds right. of fun stuff. So anyway, shout out to David. Uh, movie of the month rating. How would you rate, brothers, the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Father John. I'm going to give it a two. Ooh, two. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. That's not excellent. Well, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it's solid. Yeah. Father Paul? Uh, two. A two? Two well. twos? Two twos. Not a two two, but two twos. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. It's For the time, it was well done. Right. But, yeah. Two. Um, when I, yeah, so Joe, I didn't care for it this yep, time. That's fine. Uh, but I realized maybe that's me. Maybe <laughs> like my social media addiction is transforming my brain so that it has to be entertained at a faster pace than it's a wonderful life now affords because the thing was moved. I didn't realize that like the climax was just right, right at the yep, end. That like is the a- majority of the movie is not about the, the, yep ending experience so that was probably what i wasn't you were waiting for i was waiting for and i was like i even fell asleep i was taking an father john's taking a selfie over here um (laughs) i even like fell asleep (laughs) fell asleep i was like i woke up and i'm like is it over yet and then there's like another 40 minutes before i got to the anyway okay uh, so what do you one and a half okay i gave it one and a half so that's 3.5 no, four, five point five out of nine. And that would add up to one point eight three. One point eight three ruttons. Yep, one point eight three ruttons. Well, there we go. Right. It's a wonderful life. So re- remind me here as well. We don't want to forget before the end of the show to make sure that we give our listeners next month's movie. Uh we don't have we we have not all right. <laughs> Ah, this is great. <laughs> Father Paul gets all set up and organized and ahead, and then I blow it up. Right, because I sent us you. a text, yeah, and text. Uh, we do not have next month's movie of the month yet. So. <laughs> We've got a set of hey, 2022 no, lineup. Yeah, you can you can get it to us. You can make a recommendation. Go to our Facebook page, or if you know one of us, send us a text message and tell us what movie recommendations you for want 2022. Us to Rocky. Blood sport. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to say uh, rad racing. Rad. Oh, dude. <laughs> if, uh, uh, but yeah, so do that. We got to get together and put the to get to the plan for the next year, but we're going to do all 12 months. So you got to put, get it in there uh, right. and let us know. There okay. we go. Great. All right. Let's jump further in here on uh, uh, this, this uh, themes from the movie. Is there anything that you guys want to carry over and uh, dialogue about? I think the other thing that was kind of evident throughout the movie was uh, in crisis, what prevails? In crisis, what prevails? So do we have short-term thinking, long-term planning? Do we just think about ourselves? Do we think about others? Um, So you see that, you know, when the stock market crashes and they run on the bank and George is trying to tell people, you know, it doesn't work this way. You can't get all your money back right now. Those kinds of things. Um, And if we can think long-term, it's going to be better for us. But if we just think short term, then we're not going to get where we want to go. Um, and so I think in our own life, I mean, again, how, how many times do we think about that? We don't, we just, the, the moment, and I don't think about the, the long-term plan. Mm. Um, you know, so again, there's always the, the, the study they do and they say, you know, you can put a bunch of kids in a room and you give them all candy and some will save it. Some will eat it all. Uh, some will, you know, eat a little this, you know, like each personality is a little bit different. But when we're given things, how do we how do we deal with them and what do we do with them? The um, uh, great ancient monastic desert monk, St. Anthony. 
he, when he began his uh, desert monasticism, there were other hermits, if you will, living outside of the community. And he went to each of the other hermits to learn from them before he would go home and integrate the virtue he learned from them. And then he would go, then he went out. Mm -hmm. And so in his writings, it talks about the virtues he learned from these other monks. And one of the virtues is long sightedness. Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, absolutely. And this is what I hear, Paul, is that you're kind of saying, you know, long sightedness is a valuable Virtue in human human experience. Yeah. Father John? A couple of points I think are important is, number one, every life has a value. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this, I hope you see that your life has a value. And not in a false way. You know, not like no. you have to make up your value. But like, I hope you really see that your life has value. That there's a way in which you impact this world in some fashion. Um, if not, just pray, Lord, help me see that my life has purpose. Uh, however, we don't determine our value. What do you mean by that? We don't decide I'm going to be the one that affects people in these ways. I'm going to be the one who teaches children how to do such and such. I'm going to be the one that builds the community of Bedford Falls. I'm going to be... You don't, that's not the way it works. That's the way the culture, the spirit of the world works. It's up to me. But your life has purpose and meaning because God makes it purposeful and meaningful. And you may not even know or understand. And so that ability to just say, okay, my life has a purpose. And maybe you sitting in a chair praying today, it has an eternal purpose, has a way in which God's using it and doing something. And the people that are in your hearts or the simple things, you know, I think, uh, of a few times where someone smiled at me and it's really changed me. <laughs> you know, it seems so simple or someone was kind to me in a way that it's like, Oh, I needed that at that moment. Um, you have no idea. So be kind, smile. If you can't pray that God would use you in some other way. Uh, and so just for us to really know our life has a purpose, but we don't have to worry about being the ones that determine it, live your life, follow your desires, do what the circumstances ask of you. Be patient. Pray. But in the end, there's a beautiful thing that's happening. Um, All right. That's uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. The prophet Jeremiah says that God— For I that, know the plans. Yeah, right. And it's like—and then you have Newman's famous quote, that we were created with a purpose, although we might not know it mm-hmm. in totality until the next. And that's a hard place to be sometimes, where it's like you know that you that you have a plan, that there's a purpose for your life, that you might not fully. It doesn't say that you won't. He, Newman doesn't say you won't know it until the next life. He says you won't fully. You might not fully know it until the next life. But so that sense that we have a purpose and a plan um, is. Do you have a sense of how Father John? Like, do you know what your purpose is? Do you know what the purpose of your life is? Uh, yeah, <laughs> to love God, to serve God, to know God, love God, serve God in this world, and forever live with Him in the world to come. Uh, the Baltimore Catechism. is the Baltimore Catechism, and that sounds trite, maybe, and I'm not sort of a person to quote the Baltimore Catechism, but it's amazing how the simplicity of that. I see why it became a question answer thing. Um, to know God, to know Him, that really is something. Like I'm worried about all these other things, but to know Him is is something. To love him. Well, now that's a journey of what that means. Um, and to serve him. Like, and how do you serve him? Well, pay attention to the things that are in front of me. I don't have to worry about saving the world across the ocean uh, if the kid right in front of me needs somebody to look at him and give him a little encouragement. Um, so in a way, then I would say vocation. And this is one of the great gifts of the church that I think people even inside the church don't appreciate. If we're worried about whether we're being successful or not, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing in this world? The question is, am I living my vocation? I am a priest. Am I living my vocation to pray, to intercede, to be an intermediary between God and the people, uh, to offer the sacraments, to serve people in charity? Um, You know, for you as a married person, it's different. But when you know your vocation— that's then the the path I have to holiness. And 
then it's wrought with all kinds of questions. But in the simplicity of it all, I can say, I am going to go to mass today and pray for the people. So if you said, I hear what I heard you say is that your purpose is to know and love, know and love God and serve others. And that your vocation is the means by which you live out that purpose Mm -hmm. specifically through your calling to priesthood. Yeah. Father Paul, purpose and calling? Yeah, I think the the challenge with it is, again, and even with the quote from Newman, we might not know, we might not get the George Bailey moment where you get to see clearly the important things. Uh, but to be able to, to see that what I'm doing, I do with a desire uh, to serve God. And so I have to come to know him more uh, and begin to listen and, and learn how to listen uh, for what God's asking of me. Uh, Listening. So in call, vocation comes from the word to call, vocare. So in order to know our vocation, we have to hear and listen. Uh, the tool of listening, the technique of listening, the ability to listen uh, is that something that you find you're good at? Is it something that you've gotten better at? Is it something that other people do well? Like, what's your experience think, on listening? Well, well, some personalities, it depends. Uh, I don't think we're very good at listening at all, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just think about how often you're in a conversation, and what you're doing is thinking about what you want to say when the other person just is quiet stops talking. When you stop talking, then I can say what I want to say. Not, am I listening oh, to what you're saying? You're in, um, yes. So, so there is that, that difficulty and challenge uh, in that. Um, I do think that there can be a fear of getting it wrong. Getting what wrong? What God's asking of me. Hmm. And so people are hesitant to step out because what if it's not the right thing? Hmm. Uh, and what's going to happen. Do you believe he's going to make good with well, whatever our decision yeah, is? Yeah, and I think this is what you have to come to realize. Like, you can't mess this up. Hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. Boy, is that free or so what? Freeing? If, you really, if you really have a desire to just, like, if your desire is to just do what you can, like, you, you can't mess it up. So desire se. is important. Yeah, I mean, we do need to look at our desires. And if you're following your desire, discerned and prayed, thoughtfully with with attention and you make a decision is it it's what i hear you just say there is you can't make the wrong decision but see, in yeah. the big picture like god's going to make it all work out yep. you you may have it may not have been the easiest path or the the direct path but god could work with it gotcha. uh, so i also have to be open to being wrong mm. so look at Look at how long it took George to really believe that the world was functioning without him. How many people did he interact with who didn't know who he was and he wouldn't believe them and he wouldn't believe them and he wouldn't believe them. And he kept trying to find another person and another, I just find this person and that person. And then finally, and his angels like, you know, I'm telling you, George, you know, <laughs> so there is this ability to be able to say who in my life will I really listen to? Hmm. Who and my So when life they tell me reality, that I'll, I'll I'll listen. And oh, I'll, folks, this is good stuff right here. Just in our, I just think right now. I wish I our, was listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> just think if in our day to day lives, like just putting the context to say, do we have somebody in our life, and maybe it's our spouse or not, that's listening to us, or no, no, that we are listening to, right, right. right? That we are listening to. <laughs> That's exactly our problem. So, are you listening to me? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you. <laughs> Man. Say that again. I missed. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just, I know that I need, so I've been at Mount Marty for five years. This will be my fifth year. And in the process, it's probably been one of the most maturing times in my life, 40 to 44, like this last five years been a very good, healthy time. Lots of growth personally for me mm -hmm. in my life. One of the significant things that happened was to some degree, I shut up 
Wow. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped imposing my reality on the world. Mm-hmm. Took a step back and started to listen a little bit more. And by listening, I mean like just looking around at the fruit and looking around at the the joy and the peace and the why am I so anxious and frustrated and resentful and like all of these things. And it's not like over the top, but they were slowly building and growing seeds that were in my mind and heart. And I'm like, this sucks. I don't like this. This is not. And it's like, oh, maybe this is what the Benedictines are talking about when they say, listen with the ear of your heart. Your heart, Joe, is sick. It's restless, irritable, discontent. It's anxious. It's listen to that. It means you're doing the wrong thing or you're going about it in the wrong way. Or, And I had this wise nun down there and she was the best listener. And I realized, you know what? I need to do what she does to me. I need to just listen to me. I'm like, I'd suck at listening <laughs> if I'm honest with you. And then I found that all of a sudden I started to be more aware of my problems my anxieties, my poor decision-making, like most of the problems I caused, but I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. All of these things, I'm like, wow, this is great. And then I can, like, instead of fix them, I can go to God with them in the cross and say, like, have mercy on me, Lord. I'm just trying the best I can. I just want to do your will. I just want this stuff to work out and be the best it can be. I am a bumbling idiot. I am not the intelligent one, right? I am the guardian angel that like, I, I just have faith. Just give me the faith to trust in you. And St. Benedict has a prayer. Pray that the Lord brings to completion the good work that has been begun. I started it, Lord, and probably screwed it all up. But could you finish this? And all of a sudden, like, my heart became happy. I became, like, content. Found myself more joyful. Wanted to go to work was capable of being in front of my brokenness and the imperfection of my work. I'm telling, and it all, I think Paul came down to listening. I wasn't listening. <laughs> anyway, I, I just went on a rant. <laughs> That's all right. I suck at listening. How about you, Father John? I think we should all just take a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> I play this game with my kids. I lose every time. Father John, <laughs> what is the goal for radio? Of, <laughs> what is the goal uh, of but, your but, call to but silence? If you're listening, uh, the goal of the call to silence is to recognize the presence that makes me live. The, the goal of silence is to recognize God is a presence. That's. I remember I'm being on a 30-day I remember being on a retreat and things kept happening so many times I started paying attention to it. It was happening before, but I never really paid attention to it, but it started happening so much. And I started telling my spiritual director, the only thing I can tell you is it's like there's a presence inside of me. That seemed like a huge risk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it seemed like to be yeah. really goofy. I was like, this guy is going to think I'm nuts. But after like day eight, I was like, the there's a presence in me or something. I don't know. <laughs> Joe and Father Paul, I am a baptized Christian. <laughs> this is what I believe. I'm in seminary. The Trinity <laughs> dwells within me. And I'm nervous to tell a Catholic priest who's been on a retreat with me for eight days that I think there's a presence in me. I hope there is. <laughs> yes. But how many of us have never been silent right. in a way or listened with the ear of that heart to recognize there's something beating in me? And it's not like a fictitious thing I make up. It's like there's something in, there's something happening, and I don't know how to say it, and I don't know what's going on. And I and I the minute I started thinking about it, it went away. But it's there. That's what I think just happened here. And I would pose maybe that even if you're listening here in that moment of like Joe thinking he's ranting, I don't think you were ranting. I think you were like filled with the spirit. And I was like, I want what this guy has. That's what I was saying to myself. I'm like, I want, I want that too. And, and then I was like, yeah, and I kind of have that. I just need to see it again in someone else so that I say, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, just let it all can be okay. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, the, uh, 
I'm reminded in the Old Testament that that the Holy Spirit would be given in little portions through the prophets and and other people, but mm. it wasn't poured out. We get this thing at baptism, and it just lives in us. <laughs> like, you know, I came out of confession. Actually, why I was so fired up today was I had a confession this morning. So I was like fired up. I came out of the confessional. And I'm just like, man, I said to Father, I said, how unbelievable is it to be Catholic? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I can't imagine walking around my whole life with the burden of my sins. Now, I can mentally and I can spiritually like ask God for forgiveness, and I can, but there is something psychologically awesome about confession. <laughs> I walked out of there all fired up and like pumped up, and I'm like, That's, the Holy Spirit lives within me. Like we are truly children of God and we're just walking around like a bunch of zombies, just oh, wake up, you know, I want to kind of just go fire up the army. And anyway, that we're just so blessed, so blessed to have the Holy Spirit. I think it's the forgotten person of the Trinity. Like, well, it depends on yeah. who you are. Some, well, it's you know, just some, a hard one. Again, like I say, some, like it. It's a bird. It's a fire. It's a bird. Yeah, it's hard to put up. You know, it's not personified right. in the same way as the son right. or, or right. the father. Right. But but you're right. Yeah. It is. But I also think the the scary thing with the Holy Spirit is you're really not in control of that one. Like I feel like you can sort of keep God, you know, under control as a father or as the son. But you know, it's uh, it. Well, there's a series called The Wild Goose. Oh yeah, and it's about the Holy Spirit. You know, it's yeah. a wild goose. Like once you let it go, you're like, "Ooh, how do we get that back?" That was good. I really yeah. enjoyed no, that. No, that's a great one. Yeah. That's on uh, form.org. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we're kind of winding down the first hour or the only Holy hour. <laughs> yeah. The only hour. The, the hour of December here and as we wrap up this is fantastic show we watched this it's a wonderful life for the movie of the month. Um, we enjoyed it. We had some great deep reflections that flowed from it and we moved into the second half here and Really, as we finish up on this conversation about the Holy Spirit, is there any thing that the Spirit seems to have on your mind or your heart that you'd like to share with our listeners as we finish out this hour and, you know, 30-second quick message uh, to send them off into the Advent season? There are many opportunities that priests make available to provide the experience that my brother Joe just witnessed to. Take advantage of it and the same freedom and release of the burden of the weight of your sin can be given to you and that reconnection of the spirit. Uh, we just had first confessions in our parish and there's nothing like seeing a little boy, a little they, girl who's so aware. They skip out of that thing, that, don't they? It's amazing. Yep. Father Paul. We're good. All right. Let's roll out as we conclude with our family prayer together. Our, Our Father, Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Have a blessed Advent and a Merry Christmas. We'll see you in another month. Peace and God bless.